0: Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 86. In this episode, I am so honored to have an amazing woman I've known for a long time on the show, Charmaine Charmont. Charmaine is a fashion influencer and published author with the mission of empowering women to live confidently. In this episode, we talk about influencer marketing and what it looks like for small businesses, and I cannot wait for you to hear this one. Before we dig into the episode, though, I have some super, super exciting news to share with you, and that is this. Making good is going pro. This new monthly membership is called Making Good Happen, and it's for those of you who want to take everything you learn here on Making Good to the next level. Making Good Happen is designed to make sure that we're taking the actions we need to take to move the needle in our businesses. In this monthly membership, we'll work together on creating and implementing a marketing plan that will take your business where you want it to go. Private podcast, accountability, and focused deep work sessions are included. It is going to be so good. I'll be sharing more in the coming weeks, so stay tuned. And make sure you're following me over on Instagram at Lauren Tilden, that's L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-L-D-E-N, for all of the inside details as I share them. In fact, for a sneak peek of the details now, just DM me the word pro and I will share you some of the inside scoop. Okay, so let's get into today's episode, which is such a great one. My guest is Charmaine Charmant. I have known Charmaine for years and it was such a blast to have her on the podcast. Charmaine is actually one of my youngest sister's best friends from college and they went to the same college that I did, Wellesley College, outside of Boston. Charmaine is a New York City native of Caribbean descent with a passion for business, fashion, and women's empowerment. She currently has a full-time position at Deloitte Consulting, where she works with government and public service clients. She's also a fashion influencer, and that's what we're talking about today. Her work is backed by high-quality content and a cheerful voice that energizes her audience to feel comfortable in their own skin. She has appeared on ABC7, Who, What, Where, and EXO Nicole, and has worked on campaigns with brands like Facebook, Good American, Fabletics, and Sphinx. She's also a published author. In this episode, we discussed what is influencer marketing, why now is a good opportunity to work with influencers, even if you are a very small business, why an influencer's number of followers matters less than the engagement that they get how to find the right influencers, what it looks like to work with an influencer, how to become a content creator or influencer yourself, how to build community with your audience, and more. I loved this episode. I think that you will too. Here it is. Charmaine, welcome to The Making Good. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about this. I haven't had many people on the podcast who I know from like outside of my small business journey, small business life. Charmaine is one of my sister's really good friends from college. We actually went to the same college, but years apart. So this is, it's just really fun that like life has led us both into, I don't know, had our paths in a similar arena, like after going in very different directions. So I'm really glad to get to chat with you today.
1: I know. I always love connecting with Wellesley alums. So I'm really excited to be here.
0: <laughs> Yay! Influencer marketing is going to be kind of the focus of our conversation. But I would love for you to first introduce yourself and share a little bit about your path because you have done a bunch of different things. Um, so what, what are you doing now and kind of what is the road that got you there?
1: Yeah. Well, um, nine to five, I actually work in consulting. I do federal consulting. Um, so for any government agencies, if they have, um, any issues that they can't solve with their own resources in house, they will contract out different firms to help them. And so that's basically what I do, um, in the change management space, nine to five. And outside of that, I actually am a content creator. So I, do fashion and lifestyle and confidence building uh, for women across all different ages, Um, really with a primary focus of, you know, fashion helping to boost your confidence. And so that is what I do outside of my nine to five.
0: And you have also written a book and have another one coming, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. So yeah, so I wrote a book um, for teen girls. Um, I have a gratitude journal, so it's just like daily prompts that teen girls can use just to feel a little bit more happier on their, in their day-to-day lives. And, um, I also have, um, an empowerment journal. So it's kind of like the same deal, but dealing with self-confidence, um, empowerment, and just learning to kind of come into
0: their own skin as young women. I love this. I love this so much and we will definitely make sure those are linked in the show notes. Um for anyone listening who has a young woman in their life that could benefit from those books, definitely check those out. Um let's start really broad. Um you know that most of the listeners of this podcast are small business owners or aspiring aspiring small business owners, so um a lot of makers, a lot of product-based businesses and then some kind of creative Let's say creative small businesses, things like photographers, graphic designers, things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm Um we are going to be talking about how influencer marketing relates to these kinds of businesses. And I'm not, we're not gonna talk so much about like how do you become an influencer, although Mm -hmm. maybe I will pick your brain a little bit about that too. But (laughs) mostly I'm interested in exploring how can small brands work with influencers to um, you know, tackle whatever business objectives they have, whether it's growing their reach or generating sales, whatever. So overall, could you just define for us what influencer marketing is?
1: Yeah, um, I think influencer marketing, if I had to put it into words, um, well, an influencer is someone who has influence, right? So, you know, whether it be someone who is like uh, a tech expert or a fashion expert or, um, you know, um, a small business expert, um, we're really thinking about regular people who are experts um, in some way, shape or form and who have accumulated a follow. You know, over the course of, you know, however long they've been on whichever social media platform they're on. So influencer marketing is really the future of marketing, in my opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. As a fashion influencer, I work with um, lots of small brands, but also big brands um, on various different campaigns. And, um, you know, influencer marketing is only growing, I think. There's huge potential uh, for small businesses to really work with influencers to grow their brand and to grow their reach. So I think this is a really cool topic that we're talking about today. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's really how I would describe it.
0: Yeah, and you you said that you work with both small brands and bigger brands, and I think this is one of the kind of myths I want to dispel together. Is you don't have to be like a big, huge corporation to be able to work with influencers who, even influencers who have really big reach. Um, So. What would you say to like a small business owner who's like, "Oh, like I can't work with Charmaine because, you know, I don't have an enormous budget or I'm just a small jewelry business and she's I see her working with these bigger brands." Like what would you say to someone with that mentality?
1: I would say that that is definitely a limiting belief and I think as a small business as a small business owner and also as an influencer, as anyone um in any professional role, I think uh, limiting beliefs are the death of you. And so I feel like Mm -hmm. you just got to get over that hump. Um, anyone can work with anyone. Uh, it's, you always got to think about things in terms of, you know, you know, what would entice this person to work with me? Um, what incentives could I give to them to want to work with me and vice versa. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, small businesses are in a really unique position right now because influencer marketing is still at, I think the beginning of, you know, regulation of, um, fund, like funding, as we know it traditional funding it, I, I know that it's even now just recently become a course, um, in business schools. So it's so, mm-hmm. it's such a young, um, industry, I feel like. And so a lot of the rules haven't been set. And so you really have the opportunity to kind of set the tone, set your own rules. And, um, as a small business, I think that there's more of a, um, opportunity to kind of develop a relationship with an influencer to grow as an influencer grows. Um, and Mm -hmm. to really just identify, you know, who it is that you see, um, you know, as your brand ambassador, like, um, so for instance, for fashion, right? I think I'll talk about fashion because I'm a fashion influencer. Um, if I was opening up a small boutique, I would think about, or if I wanted to market my small boutique, I would think about, okay, who is my ideal customer? And, you know, where does she already shop? Who are her, um, her favorite influencers, um, and kind of go from there, kind of like reverse engineering the collaboration in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of folks think they need to have someone with huge reach, um, or lots of followers in order to, you know, get a collaboration that will have a good return on investment. But from what I've been seeing, it's actually quite the opposite. You want to look at like smaller influencers who have great engagement and whose audience is in line with your target demographic. I feel like those are really the sweet spots for coming out with, you know, an influencer marketing collaboration that will work for your small brand.
0: Hmm. And when you say like, maybe looking at influencers who might not have the like millions of followers, but have Mm -hmm. good engagement. What general range are we talking about? Like, I know I've heard terms like nano influencer, micro influencer. Yeah.
1: (laughs) There's lots of terms. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's lots of terms for the different, you know, um, I guess, size the different groups of influencers in terms of like their sizes Mm -hmm. but honestly you just want to look at okay like for instance like you know if someone is posting who has like 5k or 10k you want to see like okay look into their comments if you're on instagram and see are people really like you know having conversations under their posts like does it seem like their audience is truly engaged like um you know does this influencer, create, um, high quality content that you could use on your page. You know, there might be, you might want to work with a different influencer, um, for a different thing. So, you know, while someone might be really good at coming up with like editorial, beautiful photos, another person might be really good at, you know, creating, um, interactive content on like say TikTok or something like that. That's a little bit more informal, but will really like spread the word about your product. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, having that person, right. Who creates editorial content that you could, you know, use their images on your website because they're so high quality. Like that person is as equally important as like the person, if you're a small business and you're, you're looking at influencer marketing to kind of like outsource some work, then, you know, that person is just as important as the person who can make, you know, a five second video on TikTok go viral to like spread the word about your product.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, and you, you talked a little bit about this already, the best way to find the right influencer for your brand, but I just want to reiterate what you said, which is to look at your ideal customer. We talk about that a lot on this podcast and who are they following? And you know, you want to, you want to be working with an influencer whose audience is similar to yours. So great points.
1: Yeah. And there, you know, there are great influencers all over the place. Like, you know, you could leverage someone who has, you know, a really great YouTube following, um, TikTok, Instagram, even Pinterest. I think, uh, the world is really your oyster in terms of finding influencers. Um, and you know, there are tons of influencers out there, but, you know, always searching hashtags, um, really helps any hashtags that are like relevant to your niche. Um, um, that's a great way to kind of find an influencer who might be in line with, um, you know, your brand. Even looking at your competitors and seeing, you know, who your competitors work mm-hmm. with, that's great. You know, research as well to kind of understand what works and what doesn't work. Um, and then there are also other platforms that connect uh brands with influencers. So it might be worth getting onto those platforms. Um one is for FOHR. Um and you know there are tons of platforms like that one that connects brands with influencers
0: to kind of make that process a little bit easier. Mm, great tip. I have not I didn't know that those platforms even existed. That is Yeah. Yeah they do. Awesome. Cool. Do you use those?
1: Um, yes and no. I think because I do have a full time job, I don't do as much outreach to brands as I would like. Um that's another <laughs> thing so that's another thing to know is that, you know, influencers who do this full time, like they will reach out to brands and they will pitch pitch brands. So you know, it's really good to let it be known that you work with influencers um, by, you know, having your social media up to date or and things like that. Because you never know, you might, you know, join one of these platforms and an influencer might reach out to you um, directly or they might see you there and follow up. So, um, yeah, that's another important tip.
0: How would you make it clear that you work with influencers? Like, um, make sure your social media is up to date.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know one, you want to make sure your social media is up to date. Um, so you, wherever your presence is, whether it's on YouTube or Instagram or, you know, wherever Pinterest, um, or even if you just have a website, um, you know, if you're working with influencers, you want to make sure you're like reposting their work. Um, you also want to engage with people on social media. So you want to engage with accounts within your niche. You want to engage with influencers within your niche. Um, if an influencer sees that you as a brand have been liking their posts or stuff, they might, you know, start to follow you or they might have you in the top of their mind like, oh, I should probably pitch them one day. Um, that's what I think whenever a brand, you know, likes my picture
0: or anything like that. Nice. What would like a fee structure normally look like? So I know, you hear about people being like, you know, sending product in exchange for promotion. I know that influencers probably also prefer to get paid, not just getting free stuff. So, how does that generally work?
1: Yeah, um I think it depends on an influencer to influencer case basis, but um I would say, you know, a lot of influencers do collaborate, um, especially influencers who are just starting out, those nano influencers, they will definitely be open to gifting. Um, even big influencers, like huge influencers are still open to gifting. So I think don't, um, don't let that discourage you I think gifting is great just make sure that your product is awesome <laughs> and that you really <laughs> believe in it and right. um, don't require I mean it you know in the conversation in the negotiation stage like you know you guys can come to an agreement you and the influencer um but if you are gifting you know Don't be pushy about, you know, setting deliverable structures and things like that, because it's just like, you know, the same way that you're a small business, an influencer also is kind of running their own small business as well. And so you want to make sure that there's a level of respect there,
0: you know? Right. Um, Right. Yeah.
1: But I mean, in general, I think for, for influencers, if you, if you do want to approach an influencer, um, And you do want to pay them. I think a great way, a great baseline, um, a great baseline structure that you could follow would be, um, you can charge 4% of their following for a post and 2% of their following the, you know, if you did the math, um, Mm -hmm. for like a story for Instagram, for tiktok i don't know if those numbers would would uh slide or scale or whatever but you know thinking of just having a percentage of the following um or if that's it's like a nano influencer you know of the engagement or whatever the the case may be
0: okay how just while you mentioned TikTok so i know that your kind of bread and butter at least originally is instagram but you are expanding to tiktok it sounds like how are you kind of viewing the difference between those platforms like are you putting equal energy into each how are you viewing that
1: yeah um i'm definitely not putting equal energy into each but i would say if i were starting out as an influencer right now TikTok would be my go-to app, probably. (laughs) Uh, Just for growth. Yes, yes, definitely. TikTok is an app that provides explosive growth. The algorithm is pretty awesome. Uh, It's just like super quick, short content, video content. Um, It's great for like getting your personality across. And it's just like a quick app and people can't... It's like an app that kind of like... You can't put it down once you open it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, there's just a lot more that I feel like for Instagram, there's just a lot more that goes into it because it is a video sharing app and a photo sharing app. Um, although mm-hmm. they are primarily focusing on video content right now. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a little bit more production that goes behind Instagram that TikTok, you could really just, I mean, of course you could, Depending on what you'd like to do, it could be a whole production for TikTok as well. But it's an app that's really meant to just like, I feel like seamlessly fit into your everyday life. So,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: right.
0: And just in terms of, you know, with the emergence of Reels, like as an influencer, are you like in your client work, like with the brands that you work with, are you are are reels being sponsored now? I don't know if i really noticed this or is it still like feed posts and stories generally?
1: Yes, everything anything that a a brand or a social media platform offers, a brand like will pay for. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I have been asked to create reels, TikToks, posts, stories, um even going live, um Anything within a platform mm-hmm. that, you know, can be utilized, I think brands have definitely asked for for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even even blog posts are still something that I am still approached for, which is like pretty rare these days because I don't think people read mm-hmm. blogs that much. But uh that is also something that brands are still uh sponsoring and paying for. So yeah definitely, I think there's, there's definitely, um, a benefit to, you know, each, uh, what is it like offering that? Um, a social media platform has, and so just thinking strategically about the ways that you can leverage um, a post versus a video versus a reel versus an IGTV live, knowing the difference between those things um, mm-hmm. is super important when thinking about a campaign and how to best get your product or you know your business idea across.
0: Right. Right. Um. Let's say that. So we know you're a fashion influencer. Let's say we are a small jewelry business. Mm-hmm. Um, what would make it a? And we like we we've got we follow you. We've gotten to know the kind of content you create, um, and we are pretty confident that your audience would be a great fit for us. What would make it like a no brainer? absolutely yes decision for you to decide to work with a small brand for me um
1: i always love it when i can have a phone call with the brand or a video chat with the brand just to get to know the team um i love it when uh a creative brief is provided for me and space there's space for me to kind of give my input and share my ideas as well um mm-hmm and you know just having you know some realistic turnaround times uh some brands want content super quickly and mm-hmm. i think it's nice when you kind of have a little bit of um you know notice uh like realistic timelines basically and of course being paid <laughs>
0: yeah Yeah, of course. What would be, okay, you said a couple of things I want to dig into more. What would be a realistic timeline? It depends. It depends on, it really does depend. Um, I
1: think when I say realistic timeline, I think, okay, here's the timeline we were hoping for. Does that work for your schedule? Or, you know, given the scope of the deliverables, uh, what would be a feasible timeline for you? So that it's more of like a conversation and less of like this is due the band. on Friday yeah. and you sent me the email on like Monday it's like that's a bit much
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and a creative brief um, What what is that <laughs> In the, in the case of influencers. Yeah, so
1: that's like just like, um, it's like a branding, like, you know, it kind of gives an overview of like the campaign, the brand, what the goal is, what the objective is. It has some styling inspiration if it's for you know, of a of, of fashion influencer or even if it's for like um a stay-at-home mom influencer or like a cooking influencer it just has like a guide of what you're looking for um i the best creative briefs i've received are the ones where they have pulled my own images from my feed and said we mm-hmm. want something similar to this this is the lighting we want this is the hairstyle we want so that i could literally it's like Quick and easy, like I know exactly what they want, and if it's not images of me from my timeline, that's fine. But you know, images from somewhere or someone or something that kind of just lays out exactly what the vision is, so that you know it's executed as seamlessly as possible.
0: Yeah, great point. And when people are like, when you sign a con, I'm assuming you sign contracts. Yeah, um, when you sign a contract with a brand. What is like, I'm sure this is a, it depends question, but what would be the general scope? Is it like, okay, um, two feed posts and like three stories or is it one at a time? Or like, how does that generally work? It totally depends. Like
1: some brands will approach you for a one-time campaign. You know, they might, whatever they could ask for like anywhere from like one feed post to like three feed posts for the month and five images and, you know, it really depends. (laughs) Some -hmm. people have ongoing partnerships. A lot of larger influencers have ongoing partnerships with alcohol brands or, um, you know, home goods brands or or things like that. So it a hundred percent depends on your marketing needs for the year, your budget and, you know, your needs.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had a feeling that was the answer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And generally when you're signing these contracts, are you bringing the contract template to them or are they approaching you with like a proposal that you sign? Yeah,
1: they're definitely approaching you with a proposal. And then, you know, based on their proposal, I could go back and say, okay, like, I don't you know, this is not going to work for me. These terms aren't going to work. We need to adjust this. Um, And then you kind of work together to reach a middle ground. And then you sign both both parties Mm -hmm. sign.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's a whole new world. It's it's so interesting. (laughs) You said like this is starting to be taught in business school. Um, I know you went to business school, right? Yeah, I did. Did you learn anything about this there? Not at all.
1: (laughs) Not (laughs) at all. And now my friend goes to Columbia Business School and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm taking an influencer marketing class. And I was like, what?
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, so cool. The wild, wild west. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about becoming an influencer for anyone who might be interested in doing that. I I feel like the... Mm. there's a perception at least that like these days it's harder to grow a following on Instagram. I don't know if you're experiencing that or if that's like the narrative that you've heard or that you subscribe to but like is this, is there a sense that like the ship has sailed if you haven't already started or I mean no, what I, tips never think, you- I never no. think the ship has sailed
1: and you can't think that way. I think that there's so much room if you are someone who, you know, thinks that you want to do influencing. I also think if you're a small business owner and, you know, you can wear your product or you're like a great ambassador for your products, I think it's probably a really good idea if you if you really do have the drive to look into getting started, you know? I never think, As, we, I never think, I don't believe in like, oh, it's oversaturated. I just don't believe in that because, you know, mm-hmm. if I had thought that I wouldn't have started blog. I, you know, I started blogging when I was in college, but I I took a break a couple of years. And like, you know, by then, you know, bloggers that had started out where I started out, they were like huge, had huge followings. And if I had said, oh, you know, it's getting oversaturated. There's so many people now doing it. Like, I miss my chance. You know, I wouldn't be here where I am today. Like you know doing really great things with influencing so yeah um i i definitely don't i just think people say that just to scare people i don't know i i i don't believe in that <laughs> mhm and there's so I many love. different platforms like there's so many platforms mm-hmm. that you can leverage. It's not just like Instagram, you know, and in the next couple of years, there'll be a new platform. It's about just mm-hmm. like keeping up with the times, uh, making sure that your audience trusts you. You have to really build that following, be consistent. Um and be true to yourself, and your people will find you. And you know, as long as you're <laughs> continue to be true to yourself, and you're a good person, uh, they'll mm-hmm. never leave you. They people, you. Yeah. It's like you're growing together w- with your friends, really, just online. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, how what has been your process for kind of building your audience and your following? I mean, you said you started a blog in college, took a break from it. When did you like kind of start in earnest and how has it gone for you?
1: Well, when I started, I was in high school and I'd always been a curvy girl. And it, it was always like very hard for me to find clothing, especially back then when like clothing brands were just not as inclusive. I was like in high school going back and forth from New York City to Western Mass where I went to boarding school and just like you know, trying to find the best deals with my mom while shopping. And I would always get questions from my friends uh, who were like me. They would ask, where'd you get this? Where'd you find this? And I just thought one day I was like, I should make a blog, but I didn't really, I thought about it. And then I just kept thinking about it. And then (laughs) Um when I was in college I got this internship at J Crew corporate uh doing merchandising and I remember all of these buyers they were sitting around a computer and they were laughing at this blogger um the man repeller who was like a huge she's oh, like yeah. one of the OG bloggers huge blogger lots you know big business now (laughs) and they were laughing at her and I remember thinking like oh it's so weird because she was like walking around in a flamingo suit but I was like it's so weird that they're laughing at her because she's like you know she's posting and you're watching her content and like, this is pretty cool. So in the back of my Mm -hmm. mind, I was like, I'm going to do this. And so it was a really safe space to start at Wellesley, just like taking pictures of my outfits. I didn't think anything of it. Like I thought maybe I could work with brands like in the future, but I never thought it would look like what it looks like today.
0: Mm -hmm. And,
1: um, then I started working in fashion full time after graduating from Wellesley and working on the business side of fashion really just crushed my spirit as like a woman of color, as a plus size woman, it, and I was Uh. It's so funny to say like that because I was probably like a size 14, 16 back then. And now I'm definitely not, I'm definitely like size 18, 20, 22, but, Mm -hmm. um, But yeah, it crushed my spirit. Like everyone like on the back end looked the same and they didn't look like me. It was like a very tough, um, environment. It was the total opposite of Wellesley. I felt like my experience at Wellesley was like amazing and so empowering. And I felt like, uh, the energy at Bloomingdale's corporate was just in my, uh, buying department. was like very, it just kind of felt like devil's worst Prada, but like worse because it was like my real life and I just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that kind of just discouraged me from blogging as well, because I was like, the fashion industry isn't for me. Like there's no place for me. And so I kind of hung it up, um, And I went back to business school and I was recruited to work for my current consulting firm and I've been working there ever since. And while I was living in D.C., um, I moved back to New York recently, but while I was living in D.C., I kind of missed it. And I decided, oh, I really like (laughs) miss fashion and sharing my fashion sense. And, you know, I just got back to it. Really, when I was out there in DC. And in DC, there were so many creatives, there were so many brands, small brands, mid sized brands that were working with influencers. And it just made me realize that, whoa, this is like bigger than I thought it was. Um, mm-hmm. Even as a micro influencer living in D.C., I was like going to events, getting invited to different events, um, meeting all kinds of creative, all kinds of small business owners, working with like a small hair studio. It was like the coolest experience ever. We shot like a promo video at the wing and like, you know, they had like a whole expo where they invited influencers to like cover the content like cover their whole day and create content for it and I remember feeling like whoa this is like what I want to do and like there's a space for me and people want to hear my voice and they want to hear my opinions and they want me to like you know style their products online like whoa Mm -hmm. and it was really just about remembering that there is a space for me and like, you know, I do have a voice and there are people just like me out there looking for inspiration who might not have had a mom who, you know, knew how to dress them, help them dress for their bodies or things like that. And they're looking for that and, you know, traditional marketing isn't giving that to them. So they're looking for it in people like us <laughs> who are normal mm-hmm. people, but just have like a knack for something that's interesting to them. So... And it's so funny, you know, I started this by, like, sharing my outfits and stuff, but the work that I do and, like, even sharing things that, you know, I think I look cute in, it gives people inspiration to, like, who have given up on themselves, right? I, so many women, yeah, I me, mean, a lot of older women, actually, like, in their 30s and 40s, 50s, telling me that they have, like, given up on going out because they don't like how they look in their clothes or, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's so much more than just like sharing a beautiful outfit. It's about empowerment Mm -hmm. and it's so cool to just see how many brands, you know, that message can align with. It's not always like clothing, right? Sometimes it's, um, you know, I've worked with like a, um, I work with like beauty products, beauty beauty brands and like, you know, home brands and things like that and it's just about like, you know, bringing people into your everyday life, you know, because at the end of the day, it's kind of like I think following an influencer for me, my favorite influencers, it's really about like growing with that person, seeing their growth over time and, you know, gathering inspiration from them. It's kind of like having a friend
0: through the internet. <laughs> And that sounds so weird, but that's how I think about it. I love just listening to you talk about like, I don't know, I'm hearing I maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but I feel like I'm kind of hearing your why, like why, what keeps you going, which is like these messages you get from people that kind of articulate how you've inspired them and how, you know, they've given up, but just seeing examples of people who look like them or you know, have found clothing that like looks amazing. And it's just such a great example of doing something that's so aligned with with your values and mm-hmm. finding a way to like make that a business. And yeah, I'm I'm inspired by that big time.
1: <laughs> oh thank you.
0: You've talked a bit about, you know, developing this relationship with your followers and, you know, you're kind of like their friend that they're gonna grow with over time. Um you have a full-time job too. And you have like throughout this, as we've discussed. So how do you do that? I mean, like it's so much time and effort. How do you, how do you put the, I guess, aside from creating content, how do you invest the time and like the energy into building and, and maintaining these relationships?
1: I think the key to social media and the key to anything in life really is not to like overthink it. Um, I like Mm -hmm. to take things step by step. Um, And so if I have 30 minutes, well, one thing I always do is I always respond to my comments and I try my hardest to respond to all of my DMs because at the end of the day, I think, you know, those um, pieces of engagement, comments and DMs, they matter the most um, because mm-hmm. that's like direct, you know, engagement with your followers. So like I, especially in the first hour of my post, I answer all my comments and I interact with all my comments. And even the next day, I'll go back and make sure that I you know, got to everyone at that point. So Mm -hmm. I think that's very important. Um, And also DMs, like if people have questions, making sure that if someone asks me for a link, I can send them something, you know, that's an exact match or similar. Um, Just being there for those questions is really important. And, you know, also those messages where people are sharing, you know, their stories, just like interacting with them because it's important, like that's your community, right? Right. And then other than that, like, I think if you are someone who's super busy, just set aside if you have 20 minutes a day like of downtime or 30 minutes a day um sometimes people do an hour of just like engaging with the people that you follow as well um because you just want to make sure that you're seeing kind of like in the top of everyone's algorithm <laughs> so that is mm-hmm. also very important and i've been really bad about that recently <laughs> but it's it's important no matter how many you know followers you have
0: mhm if you could look at kind of your journey as a content creator and an influencer and looking back at like the different strategies that you've used or things that you've tried what have been the things that have helped you grow your following the quickest or the the most
1: i would say consistency because hmm. If I wasn't consistent, I'm like okay, so like I was super consistent in DC um, during my two years there. I, you know, the return on on being consistent was not immediate at all, whatsoever. But because I was consistent, you know, during that time, and then when I moved to New York City, I was you know consistent then. It really, even on the t- even in the months where I lulled after that, it just sets the stage right, like. Um, growth doesn't happen overnight for some people it does <laughs> on tiktok it might <laughs> but, <laughs> you, know, just, you know on and on most of these platforms growth doesn't happen overnight it's about being consistent it's about remembering you know that even if you have 20 people watching your stories that's you know a classroom full of people it's about remembering your why um and showing up right For Mm -hmm. for the for the you know for the first couple, I don't know months years whatever the case may be you might not you might feel like oh I'm just speaking to no one and then one day you'll wake up and realize oh my gosh I've grown so much so I think consistency the key to growth is definitely consistency for sure. Mm
0: -hmm. Not the answer anyone wants, but (laughs) it's not. It's not the answer I want either. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh, so good. Thank you for letting me just like ask all of these really pointed questions. Obviously, I know very little about influencers oh, and working so with influencers. You know, we're coming into the busiest time of the year for most small product based businesses, at least, which is the kind of Black Friday through the end of the year. When, like, are, when, when are brands typically reaching out to influencers about, Working with them for campaigns over Black Friday or the December holidays—is that happened already? Is that happening now? What do you suggest there? I suggest is when you hear this, I think it'd be the best time to reach out.
1: (laughs) So I think (laughs) I think around you know around this time, like late October, early November, uh, you want to start getting your ducks in a row around getting those collaborations those collaboration ideas together and who you might want to work with and starting to reach out.
0: Cool. And, um, just a fun question, which is, are there any types of businesses that you are currently looking to work with just in case someone listening is like, Oh, that's me. Oh, wow.
1: So interesting. Oh my gosh. I should have thought about this before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, uh Not really. Not really. I am, uh, I've been really into jewelry actually lately. Um, Mm -hmm. and my followers know that. (laughs) So, uh, and also that's just like naturally like what I am interested in right now. So if you are a jewelry brand and you are looking for someone to collaborate with, please feel free to reach out to me.
0: Cool, definitely. I know a lot of jewelry brands. I will, I will, I will keep this this matchmaking opportunity in mind. Um, I want to transition into some of the questions that I ask all the guests. The first one, I think you have ta- you've spoken to us a little bit already. But how do you approach doing good through your small business or through your work as a content creator?
1: I think as a content creator. <laughs> being true to yourself is the most important thing I think that you can do, especially for someone who is in fashion or body confidence or just instilling confidence in other people. Um, if you're saying that you're an expert in those things, I think being truthful, honest um, and being yourself is the best way to show up because you can really just attract people who need to hear your voice. So I think that's really in, the t- in terms of influencing and just using your influence to, um, you know, encourage people to buy products or, you know, make big life decisions. I think that's the best thing that you can do.
0: Mm hmm. I love that. Um, What is one small business that you admire?
1: Oh, okay. I have a small business that I admire. Huh. Um, I admire uh Heropi by Jay. So this is a business by um, a woman named Jelani. She is a loctician and she actually has this like whole line of these different types of like oils for people who have locked their hair. And I recently started My Lock Journey last year. And mm. so I've been using her products ever since I started. And they have really helped my hair to thrive and she makes the best like she makes the best products I've seen in a long time um that work for that my hair it. and so
0: she is her business is definitely a small business that I admire awesome we will link to her in the show notes yes. what is a business book that you would recommend
1: I really liked um oh uh, the owner of nasty gal had that book is it girl boss girl boss mm-hmm. yes i really liked that book i read that book um quite a some time ago but i loved her journey i loved seeing how she started her business in her garage um and just taking it into like a full fledged company i know she has sold it since but mm-hmm. that book really inspired me because it was kind of like related to um, my
0: wheelhouse, which is like fashion, women's fashion. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I've not read that actually. So great recommendation. Okay. Where can everyone connect with you online? Share like website. I know that the names of your books, I'll link those, but just in case people want to find them to buy um, and social accounts, all the things.
1: Yeah. So, I am Charmont on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want to buy my books, you can just type in Charmaine Charmont into Amazon. And I think my titles will show up. And
0: yeah, on YouTube, I am yes. Charmaine Charmont. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were on YouTube. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. All the things. Charmaine, thank you so much. This is like brand new territory for me, as you can probably tell. So I've learned so much from this conversation. Um, And I just like I personally, as someone who's really interested in body positivity and, you know, inclusive fashion, I am just so all about what you do and really admire you. So thank you so much for being here and for for the work that you do overall. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. This was so much fun. As someone who is all about inclusive fashion and body positivity, I love, love, love what Charmaine is all about. Friends, make sure to follow along with her. And if you would be interested in collaborating with her, get in touch. Did you enjoy this episode? I know Charmaine and I would both love to connect with you on Instagram. You can tag Charmaine at Charmaine.Sharmont at S-H-A-R-M-A-I-N-E dot S-H-A-R-M-A-N-T and me at Lauren Tilden. That's at L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-L-D-E-N. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so, so, so love for you to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find all of the notes from this episode at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 86. If you're interested in learning more about my small businesses, Good Sheila and Station 7, the links are in the show notes. And I would love to have you in the Facebook community for this podcast. Head over to makinggoodpodcast.com slash community to join. Finally, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Lauren Tilden to make sure that you get all of the inside details on the pro version of this podcast coming soon. It's called Making Good Happen. And if you want a sneak peek on the details, just DM me the word pro and I will send you some of the fun inside scoop. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.